Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. Welcome to Mamma Mia Recaps, the podcast that deep dives on the biggest shows on television. In this episode, we're recapping Season 3, Episode 9 of The Handmaid's Tale. I'm Elise Cooper. I'm Nicole Stewart. And I'm Key Reese. Episode 9 of The Handmaid's Tale is called Heroic. Of Matthew isn't dead, June is having a straight up mental breakdown, and maybe we're going to save the children. I don't know. It's a vibe. Look, the three of us all have really, really... I would say we're finally all on the same wavelength with yeah, this episode. Yeah. I would say you up. guys have finally joined me in yeah. my what the hell is going on this well, season. to be fair, I'm actually – we'll get that, we'll get okay. that. Okay. Before we get into the meaty chat of this episode, I feel like it goes without saying that The Handmaid's Tale deals with some multo-confronting stuff. But just in case, we will be talking about the events of episode nine. So that includes a traumatic surgical C-section birth and an incredibly premature baby. Okay. Before we get into how I think we're finally all on the same level playing field here, opinions-wise, what did you think of the episode, Nicole, overall? I thought I could have slept through it and I probably should have slept through it and I'd be feeling a lot more energetic today. Look, okay. (laughs) When she said that she'd been in the hospital for 29 days, I was like, crap, we're about to have the whole episode in this bloody (laughs) hospital room. How the hell am I going to talk about this tomorrow and stick up for the episode? But I will say that I think next episode... (laughs) Oh, the golden words we've heard every Friday. I really think next episode, guys, we're going to get it. Can I request that if it never happens, our lovely producer Amelia Navasquez might have to do an extra episode, which is just you saying that, (laughs) and she's cut it from all of the previous episodes of Recaps, and then us just being like... <laughs> Let's face it. It was episode nine. We have 13 episodes, right? Mm. So we have four episodes left. So I'll tell you when it's going to get good. It'll get good potentially on episode 13. <laughs> In the last 10 minutes. Yes. And get us captivated again so that we come back for season four when this season doesn't deserve us to carry on with it. So we open the episode with June on her knees Singing the Belinda Carlisle song in her head. Ooh, baby, do you know what that's worth? That's all I was singing this morning when I was It was making ready. me think of Romeo and Michelle's High School Reunion. Oh, yes. And I was like, I should go and watch that now. And then instead you opened your eyes and there's a woman being tortured into madness, oh, yeah. kneeling on a hospital floor, watching over her brain-dead walking partner be super pregnant. There's so much to unpack in that statement. <laughs> Firstly, I was so surprised that of Matthew was still alive. The way she got dragged out of that... Shopping centre, you think, okay, she's definitely gone. But then we obviously knew from the preview that she was going to be in hospital and they were going to be keeping her alive as a host. Essentially just, what is it, a succulus? Is that what they're called? Succubus? Succubus? What is that? Succulus. Some some sort of plant. Succulent. I was like, what are they talking about? (laughs) See, this is what we've come to. We're like, I don't even know anymore. What are words? What is meaning? What is life? 
What is Gilead? That's a very good question. So I think the interesting thing about this episode is that it's mirroring the, the, the debate that's going on right now about the ownership of women's bodies. And it shows that even when, when a woman is pregnant, the pregnancy supersedes the woman's life. So I think it was very symbolic. Wow. Okay, Key. You brought it again. I did not see that. She's doing a body roll. She's so <laughs> happy with that. I was so disturbed by the way they were treating of Matthew and talking about her and the fact that when the C-section was performed, the doctor sort of says to them, she hasn't got long left, but oh, you may as well stitch her up because you need the practice. May as well practice. It's like she's just donated her body to science. And then the thought of, yeah, they probably would have just left her there open bleeding because she's brain dead and they have no regard for her at all. Well, there's that entire scene just after June has tried to slice up Serena and she goes full crazy person and the doctor comes in and Serena says, no, she's fine, she just cut herself and she's covered in blood. And they end up talking about June's mum who was yes. a doctor. Yeah, oh, He worked with her. And he was like, oh, you know, she was a, I get it now, like she was a badass. And June was like, my mum really cared for her patients and her patients were the women. And the doctor was like, well, you know. We all have different ideas of... Because he, he's like, in my oath, the Hippocratic Oath, yep. the first thing is do no harm. But he's convinced himself, I mean, it's how Gilead works. You're doing no harm to the thing that is the most important. So the harm of the stuff that's less important has less value to it is okay so long as the thing that is the most valuable is being protected. And he sees the patient as the baby. Mm. He doesn't see yeah. the patient as the women. Yeah, he feels comfortable with those young girls examining them to let uh, people know if they're ripe or not or ready for oh, fertility. Oh, which that was, was, disgusting. That was <laughs> disturbing. So at first June makes it out like we don't know if that she's really seeing those girls. So she's sort of going mad. And obviously you get you do feel June's despair. Don't. I don't know about you guys. I didn't feel any empathy towards June. I mean, practically I did because I thought, ouch, look at those sore knees and how boring. And, you know, you know, she had grazes. You know, it would Seriously, be so boring. I was like, I would be so bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why she went crazy, I think. It was the thing that pushed her over <laughs> the edge. Because she was freaking bored. <laughs> you know, and then the doctor's like, oh, I told them not to do this. Like leaving someone like this. It's like, okay, yes, duh. We don't need a medical degree to understand that making someone kneel for 29 days straight will send them a bit loose. <laughs> what did you think about June trying to, you know, get her hand into the sharps Ooh. and and then that doctor side-eyeing her like as if he knew he was watching when he put the sharp, like he put the scalpel in there and then June weirdly trying to kill of Matthew. Like I, I don't... I didn't get that. We needed that. We needed her to fully, fully break, I think, mm. because she she had to – she was in a mind of her and her kids and that's all she was caring about and she was destroying so many people. And you, Nick, you were like, she has no regard for anyone else, which is true, right? Yes. But we see it all come together at the end of it. She had to be pushed to that edge, realise that she's crazy. Janine says, like, when did you become so selfish? I don't like the person you are. Now, that was my favourite part of the episode. Yeah, it was, like, was like Janine talking you. June off the ledge. Pussy-eyed Janine serving <laughs> realness. I loved it. It was a complete role reversal and like obviously June has saved Janine before so I thought it was quite beautiful that moment. But then also it's pretty annoying that a man had to do it but he kind of said to her, That's what I thought. you know you are suicidal. And, he, and she's like, no, I'm not. Isn't everyone in Gilead suicidal? But I just thought this was the biggest filler episode and really obvious things happening. And I was just like, what the hell is the point of this episode? I should have gone to sleep early. I agree and disagree with you because I've thought this whole arc of her losing her proverbial has been filler. But they're like, we don't want that to be the end of the season. We need to show 
her realizing the extent of her madness and selfishness and it's actually not the conversation with Janine that makes her realize it it's the combination with douchebag conversation with douchebag doctor that makes her realize it and she's like wait I'm gonna save the children it's gonna be me and we're like okay good we've got that old June back the resolution is back the motivation is back you've stabbed yourself under your own finger bed with a dirty needle and can I just say she would have died of so many blood infections because she's jabbing old scalpels into her. So basically I agree with you and I think okay now we're back to where we were in the last episode of season two where we think okay June's going to start a revolution and we're back to the beginning of the season where she's with Commander Lawrence and we're thinking okay great she's got something here and she picks those three women the engineer and the people that can make bombs so we're back there so I'm I'm just not sure why it's taking so long and I don't know if this episode has ruined the season or if it's actually ruined the entire Handmaid's Tale show. We we needed her to move past that stuff. I think it's really important. I don't think that we can make the season go too fast. I'm going to reference Game of Thrones here because when we go too fast, we hate it. When we go too slow, we hate it. I think although it's frustrating and although I didn't really enjoy watching her in um, in that bloody episode, yes, last night, literally, but in that bloody episode, I thought it was good that they did it. And I think that drawing it out, it's, it's showing the realness of it. She had just had a baby, her second baby to be taken off her in Gilead. Like after you have a baby, I've never had one, so correct me if I'm wrong, I probably am. Your hormones are crazy and then you're not seeing the baby, you're separated, you're in Gilead. Like she had to have a moment where she kind of went a little crazy and we had to live that with her. To that point though, Game of Thrones, there was so much rich character development there was so much that could have been told more that could have been told with the story whereas I feel like in this season of Handmaid's Tale too much they're padding it out too much and it's it's taking away from the rich character development that we saw in the early two seasons and you know this episode like last episode we've had no Canada which you know has been really adding to the richness of this season three we've had no Commander Nick right like what's he doing he's in Chicago somewhere leading a riot you know so the thing we and we had no flashbacks so the things that are making this so rich were just really absent from this episode. There were originally flashbacks in this episode. Ooh. I watched the inside the episode I after can't watching find this. Those inside the episodes, can you link me, please? We'll link them in the description of this episode's show notes. <laughs> we'll pop them down there. Elizabeth Moss is saying they originally had flashbacks, and they were like, "No, we want to get rid of them in this because we want it to feel." close we want it to feel suffocating we want you to be able to you want we want you to feel like you're losing your mind with her and there's no reprieve outside of that and I was like well good you did it tick like I feel (laughs) a little bit crazy I feel depressed give them a bit of credit here because I I think the the strong feelings that we have is where they're exactly where they want us and they're going to win us over in these last episodes guys (laughs) I know it (laughs) yes and to an extent like I said I I could logically look at June's situation and feel sorry for her but I can also look at June and think that she's had the least worst things happening to her Janine's there with her missing eye poor of Matthew is there you know with her brains blown out being used as a host the Martha that just got killed last episode. People lose limbs. People get tortured, you know, and now June's in this environment where she doesn't have to go through the ceremony, thank God, and I'm not saying anyone else should, but I also think, well... On the grand scheme of things, June's been quite lucky. There's been so many things that she's done that could have ended her, ended with her on the wall and it hasn't happened. Maybe she's going to use that luck because... 
She's she's drank the elixir. Is that what it's called in Harry yeah. Potter? Yeah. Felix yes. Felicis. She, yeah, she, the Felix Felicis. June has got Felix Felicis. Oh, yeah. It's called Lucky Womb in Gilead. <laughs> well, she is lucky because she's had one baby in Gilead and it was to the person she loved. It wasn't to a creepy commander. Whereas poor of Matthew is not only there as a host to this baby, but she's had four children to four different commanders. And Hang that, on that a trauma. minute. June's been raped. Of course. Of course. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> No, but I'm she's saying not, she's had to endure some stuff. Of course she has. I'm I would never suggest that. But compared to the others in the grand scheme of things. In the grand scheme of things, she's lucky. Of course she's, she's not a lucky, lucky rape victim. No, no, no. Saying. Far out. No, no. Let me be clear. There is no such thing as a lucky rape rape victim. Oh, sorry. But as far as handmaids go and who are all being raped, you know, there's no degree. Like, obviously, being raped is terrible no matter how you look at it. But she has had some more fortunate instances, like the fact that the baby she did have in Gilead is to a man she loved and she got that baby out of Gilead, right? So the trauma that of Matthew has experienced and then that June egged on and I guess she sort of does apologise to her in the end and say, I'm really sorry and for being, uh, a, shit. For being yeah. a shit. And, you know, like why excuse her behaviour? Like why do we excuse June's behaviour but not of Matthew's? I want to talk about Super Duper Light, but the little girls who are being walked through. Oh, the fertility field trip. Mm. Oh. <laughs> now there's your f-ing title. <laughs> ah, the uh, the uh, fertility field trip. And I, w- I want to talk about the little girl that she talks to in the Rose. hallway. Rose. And yeah. she's like, yo, what's up, little girl? And she's like, I'm going to have baby soon. And she's like, oh. They have her in this beautiful, like, soft pink bonnet. And I was like, I already am so upset (laughs) by everything that's happening. (laughs) It was just, oh, I'm so upset. I don't have any feelings except for, like, just... I want June to burn it all down. I don't think it's going to happen, but I want it to. That may have been the saving grace of the episode because it is something that Gilead hasn't answered because obviously the children, what I've been thinking recently is that the children are so doted on and basically elevated in society, but obviously they've got to become adults at some point. And then when all the Marthas run out and all the handmaids run out because, you know, there's nobody else left and obviously there's a shortage of children in the world, which is how we got in this situation in the first place. What are they going to do? Are they going to then have these pampered children who have spent their whole lives being treated as gods to then, okay, now you're a Martha? That's a good point. I was like, where are they going to handmaids? They're just going to go steal more women? Yeah. Or are they checking all the girls to see who is fertile? And you notice that Rose said, with my husband. So then for me, that's like, okay, so there's no need for a handmaid. So potentially what they're going to do is now create the girls that are fertile that can have kids will be the wives. That's what I took out of that. Did you take that? Yeah, definitely. Which in one way it's like, so if you're in this generation and you're fertile, you're a handmaid and you're treated appallingly. Whereas in the next generation, you're going to be a wife. You're going to be literally the epitome of society. What are they going to do with all the Harlems? They'll be Marthas. Maybe they'll be Marthas, right? Because if the handmaids are eradicated because we're making the fertile females wives then we're literally eliminating a subsection of Gilead society. Yeah, there's going to be no handmaids left. Also, they have really like iffy morals, though. If one woman who's growing up to be a wife errs on the wrong side of God, straight up she'll be a, you know, a God, sex slave. A sex slave. Oh, yeah. oh, I hate God. this place so much. Then again, you do know that June did say, oh, if Luke wasn't married, we would have been left to live together alone. You know, there was those other families that still lived together on the oh. outskirts. But I don't understand that because they were married. 
Yeah, but it's because you're not supposed to get divorced, right? Oh. And it's like, oh, she coveted another man's husband. Mm. So it's adultery. Because she did. They had an affair. Luke, they did. Luke and June had an affair. I always wonder if, like, Luke's ex-wife dubbed them in. Ooh. Ooh. Juicy. You know who I thought was going to have Hannah? And we're going off a tangent. But you know who I thought was going to be the mum of Hannah? The ex-wife. I was like, oh, it's got to be the ex-wife. And then it wasn't. I was like, oh, my God, okay. <laughs> Stop trying to make the season better. Yeah. <laughs> See, you you could do a good job of that, Key. Yeah, so because that's the one thing. Maybe they'll start going to the outskirts to the people they've sort of left relatively unscathed as far as you can be unscathed in Gilead. What do we think of Serena in this episode? We're getting hints again of her being on June's side. I, th- I found that whole interaction super uncomfortable. <sighs> it was weird that she was even there, to be honest. I it was thought, like, oh, flick Serena in. And also June crawling towards her. I was like, no, where's your dignity? And I she know didn't she's, have any. That's the point. She didn't I have know, any. Yeah, but she it didn't. just didn't want. Serena's looking at her like, you're meant to be one of the strong ones. I was like, shut up, Serena. Yeah, she's been kneeling for like 30 days. Her legs have atrophied. She cannot be strong. Look she's, at her knees. They're bleeding. Yeah, it was bad. Serena is just always, I think, going to be the villain of June's story so that's probably why they had her there to really push her over the edge it doesn't make sense after their last interaction where they were both quite passionate where Serena literally says to Jude I should have put a ring through your mouth the minute I met you but then she's showing compassion to her by not saying this handmaid attacked me you know she's still protecting June but she needs June to get the baby Remember, yeah, Nicole back June has to Very be kept true. or else she would be heaven on the other end of the heave, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah. No. <laughs> H- hung? Yes. Oh, okay, thanks. Sorry. I don't, I don't know. I just pretended to know what you meant. <laughs> You're like, mm-hmm, heave, I didn't know. Heave. I was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. Oh. 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 <laughs> Pulling the red rope. Yeah. Sorry. It's not funny if you have to explain yeah. it. So that's Hanging people is not funny if you have to explain it. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like I'm getting to the end of this season and I... I'm ready for it to get good. I'm so ready for it to get good. Not to say that it's not been good, but it could be great. I think that's the problem is that it, the first season was so great and the oh, second yeah. season was like, yeah, okay. And now it's like, come yeah, on. No, I love the second amazing. season. I loved the first and second season. Yeah. And look, I still love the third. I don't. What I'm going to do is depending how this season ends, I might just decide to not watch season four and wait till they've finished all the seasons and then watch it in like five years time when I can watch all of them in a row to determine whether it's worth it. That, I think, is a genius idea. I don't know if it's worth the appointment viewing. I don't know if it's worth every Thursday being like, right, I'm going to watch this. Like, I just don't think it deserves the same amount of treatment as Game of Thrones. Is that you saying that The Handmaid's Tale may or may not break your career as a recapping podcaster? (laughs) Yes, and for that, that is a big deal for me to say that. That's big. Listen up, HBO. Nicole's podcast (laughs) career is on the line. You better get good. Can we also quickly discuss the fact that of Matthew's baby was a boy. Oh, yeah. Because she was, she really thought it was a girl. And that's and then, why she went crazy a little bit, And right? that's why she went crazy a little bit. So then we're meant to rejoice that it's a boy. Well, it's so a bit of a breath like, of like, oh, thank God. But then he's just going to be like a rapist? I don't yeah. Know. Well, maybe not. Maybe he'll just be matched with a fertile wife. That's true. We did just. But then who becomes the drivers and who becomes the commanders? Like, it's just going to be. They're going to run out of bad people to put into shit jobs. Question. June's plan. I'm going to get all the children out. Is she going to build an ark? What's the plan? <laughs> How do we get... <laughs> She's going to use those people that she got in at the beginning of the season, I think. I don't you know, think the, the lawyer. Yeah. She's going to lead the revolution now and her motivation is not just going to be about her own two daughters but about it's all the children all the is children. what I got out of it. But, but how? Are, I don't know. Because now Hannah's untouchable. Nicole, for the moment, is safe. So she needs to refocus and now her focus is on all of the children. She's a saint. Well, they do say that children are the future. <laughs> 
All right, uh, we're reaching fatigue point, which means it's time to finish this podcast episode. I'm sorry for yelling and laughing in your ears multiple times. Not sorry for singing. Thank you for listening to this episode of Mamma Mia Recaps. If you like Mamma Mia Recaps, which of course you do, because you're a smart, independent woman who doesn't need to be told what to do, but you can subscribe to the podcast and feel free to leave us a rating because it validates us and I have very low (laughs) self-esteem. This episode has been produced by the amazing Amelia Navasquez, hosted by me, Elise Cooper, me, Nicole Stewart, and me, Key Reese. If you haven't seen the promo for episode 10, as I said earlier, we will link to it in the notes of this episode. Send us an email at podcast at mamamia.com.au or leave your thoughts on what should I watch next the Facebook group by Mamma Mia. If you agree with us, disagree with us, think that we are the best thing since sliced bread, this podcast is brought to you by Mamma Mia. If you'd like to check out any of Mamma Mia's other podcasts, you can find them all at mamamia.com.au slash podcast. We'll see you next episode. See ya. Bye. Bye.